Harry, wh what are you doing? Nothing. What? What do you want? It it's time for the show. Is that now? Yes. yes. Oh, um, all right, I'll be right there. Live show, no script. What could possibly go wrong? Thank you. Thank you. No one told you to stop clapping. Yeah, all right, thank you very much. This is Callaway Live. I'm Harry Arnett. You guys know that because I invited you all here today. And this is a big moment for us. This is our very first live show of Callaway Live. So you guys will all be here. You'll be like those people that saw um, the home run in Dodger Stadium that said they were there. You're gonna, you guys are gonna be like that. So this is Callaway Live and uh, probably wondering how did we get to the point when we're doing a live show right here at Callaway? No one was asking that question? I was asking that question. And it sort of went down a little bit like this. You guys know we're doing more content than anybody. We are following our athletes. We're live streaming. We're tweeting. We have hashtag I challenge you to find anyone that puts in a harder 10-hour work week than hashtag Chad. But we're doing all this, this, this programming, this content for golfers everywhere. And we were in a meeting one time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the kimono a little bit for you. Let you know how, hang on a second. Ethan, close the kimono. It's a figure of speech. All right. Why do you even have a kimono? So we were sitting in a meeting and someone said, you know what we ought to do? We really ought to have some sort of live show where it's sort of an interview format, where we do it right here at Callaway Golf in our very own studio, live format. Somebody said, you know what, we, can't, we should just have A-list guests. We shouldn't just have lame guests like you always get on, on Callaway Talks, but we ought to have real guests with some profile. And we ought to do it right here at, at our offices, and we have, ought to have you know, people come in and watch it. And not one person had the common sense to say that was a dumb idea. <laughs> So here we are. Matter of fact, I think that's exactly the same way we ended up with George, our office giraffe. So there's George. And uh, yeah, there's George. And everybody, everybody loves George. He's really added a lot to the office. Actually, that's not even true. He, over the past May, and will run all the way through football season. Um, I can't believe it's May already. You know, when you think about this, I think I'm all messed up because of the PGA Tour season. And, uh, you know, they did that wraparound season this year and really messed me up. I actually ended up giving my wife her Christmas present on her birthday and her birthday present on Christmas, <laughs> which was really messed up. It actually was fine because I always just give her a Callaway gift card anyway, so it was fine. <laughs> she bought some teas this time around, which she's, she's really happy about those. So we have a great show for you today. Dick Enberg is here. Um, when you guys see his resume, his resume for a man who's been around as while well looks like a millennial's resume. He's had a hundred jobs in his career of exciting things. 
We have hashtag Chad and Chad's Tiny Studios here and a lot of other stuff in between. So stay right there. We'll be right back. I think Dick Enberg's back here. If he's not, we're going to have a lot of filler time. Dick Enberg is here. We'll be right back with Dick Enberg. Dynamic speed step crown and a faster Armoto face generate up to five miles per hour more ball speed. This is distance built from outrageous speed. The new XR driver from Callaway. Hi, I'm Lydia Kerr, and you're watching my favorite member of Team Big Glasses, Harry Arnett, on Callaway Live. And if you enjoyed this, be sure to check out Callaway Podcast on iTunes. very first one but also the man we're going to bring out now has done every sporting event you can think of major sporting event this man has been behind the mic on he's done world series he's done every tennis major he's done the U u.s open in golf he's done super bowls he's even done game shows early in his career which is the thing that most interested me you cannot name a sport that this guy has not done try one name one uh tennis he did it he did them all Anything else? Hockey did it. He's done everything. Our guest will be honored later this year is by, with the Ford Frick Award by the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. He's currently, because he can't retire, doing San Diego Padres games here locally. And he's very, you know, we're honored to have him here today with us. Please welcome our guest, Dick Enberg. because you make us look like we're slackers. Who else decides to semi-retire and do 130-plus baseball games for the San Diego Padres? I mean, what, what went into your thinking to, well, to jump in and do that? Well, it's in my DNA, Harry. I mean, baseball goes back to uh, my grandfather in Michigan testing me on baseball trivia. My much exposure you get in a given season, it's relentless. It goes for se seven months, uh, constantly counting spring training. It, it's in your soul. It's been in my soul my entire life. And to be able to continue to, to talk about a game I truly love. I tried to play it. I did coach it. Uh, I admire so much those who do it well that, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to get to the ballpark every day. And every game is different. And you know, there's no script. You know it's going to go nine innings. It'll be 27 outs. But uh, you, you never know what's going to hit you in the face. I mean, you might get a no-hitter tomorrow night. Uh, somebody finally, maybe a Padre will hit for the cycle. It hasn't happened in 47 <laughs> years, but maybe. And, uh, and so you, you, know, you have to anticipate that anything can happen. And you're usually right. Something uh, uh, remarkable uh, out of the blue uh, hits you, and, and uh, you hope you're capable of describing it well. So when you first got into this business, there's no way that you could have imagined just the breadth of sports that, that you have done. I mean, looking, I told, I'm joking with the guys earlier, looking at your resume, it's almost, you can't believe the things you've done. 
Well, I've been fortunate that uh, not only that people have uh, trusted me that I could uh, handle a given sport well, and, you know, from gymnastics to the only one I, I only did one water polo match. I, I didn't know I didn't know how they got the horses in the pool. I, and uh, but uh, uh, each one, each one uh, has its own distinctive character, and there and you can fall in in love with every one of those sports. And uh, from the Olympics to a World Series to Wimbledon to uh, U.S. Open. I mean, I, I'm thinking about uh, my first year with golf was in 1995 and joining Johnny Miller and uh, that first uh, U.S. Open at Shinnecock that I was able, privileged to be able to sit with Johnny and call and Corey Pavin uh, wins uh, that uh, coveted title and then there is on Father's Day and there's his children and he's embracing his kids in this great moment of triumph and I look over at Johnny and his tears were bigger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> It said was a great way to start. Now you've always been one of those guys that just says the right thing at the right time. It seemed like. Did you script any of that as you would go in? Would you? Oh, if this guy wins. Vinciotic. The true writer can uh, write that beautiful letter when he doesn't love someone or something. And but so I. My wife's not, good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah. So uh, my my heart has always been forward in everything that I've done. And you've worked with. When you look at the number of people that have sat next to you How and great the names, that? I mean, uh, rubbing shoulders with greatness. Yeah, I'm I'm still in awe of the people with whom I work, much less those that I, uh, I'm able to talk about. I mean, in, in baseball, I first uh, Don Drysdale was my partner, and uh, Tony Gwynn here in San Diego, and now Mark Grant and Mark Sweeney, and basketball Al McGuire and Billy Packer, and John Wooden being able to do UCLA games and. Uh, in, t in, in tennis with John McEnroe and Chris Evert, and then that Bud Collins, that terrific gang, and of course Johnny Miller and that terrific golf crew at NBC when I did the five years of golf. And so it, it's a, it's a privilege. That's a, and it has to be a thrill sitting next to me. Come on, give me uh, throw, okay, throw here, a guy here, a bone here. here it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I think that'll go into my next book. Has to. We'll wait on his <laughs> next book. So stick around. We'll be right back with more Dick Edberg right after this. is outrageously faster. It's more ball speed from a faster face. It's more ball speed from Cup 360 technology built for outrageous speed. All right, well, the word uh, PM grinding is kind of out of context, doesn't sound very good, but check out some of the stuff that people tweeted us this past week as they picked up their PM grind wedges over the weekend at retail. So here's... Uh, Chris, I picked up my new PM grind wedge on Friday. It helped me on my way to an even par 72 on Saturday. Some of these people could use a little help. A little help with their, uh, with their writing. So there's Jeff Blank. Used the lefty 60-degree PM grind en route to a 76 this weekend. And that's uh, PM, hashtag PM grinding. I told you that's a little gross. Yeah, I think I might have wrote that one. And here's Tom Armstrong who said he got his 56-degree PM grind and his friends made fun of him until he holled out from the rough with it. Looks, it's sort of, it, PM grind people describe that when Dick kind of described me. It's not much to look at, but it's effective on occasion. So that's, that's pretty good. So, do you miss doing golf? I mean, it's been a, it's been yeah. a little bit of time. 
Uh, baseball has been so consuming that, yeah. that actually, you know, people ask me the same about golf and tennis and uh, the other Olympic games, whatever. But baseball has, uh, when I made the decision to give up the other network activities, um, I was really able to basically close the announcer door and become a fan. Now I can be a fan of all sports and I can sit in front of the set and I'm not saying, oh, I wish I was doing that. I used to do that. I don't do, I, I just get involved and, and I yell at the set just like any good fan would and, and I'm involved in that way. I, I would want, Harry, to let your audience know that of all the sports I've done, the most difficult of all is golf. Uh, baseball is the most demanding, but golf for an announcer, uh, I wasn't prepared for the shock of calling a sports event where you don't see any of the right. action live. You know, when you do a football game, you're there, you see substitutes, you see the clock, it's third down and seven, here comes the quarter, you see all of that. Basketball the same, baseball the same. In golf, the, uh, you set up at 18, and they've got a nice shot of the clubhouse behind you to prove you're really at the event. <laughs> and, and there are three monitors here, and you call the entire event off monitors and you don't see anything until the producer says we're going to 13 and Jones third shot so what do I say let's go to 13 and uh, Jones no no not 13 12 like I made the mistake I mean, uh, so it, it was uh, it was a, a, a very difficult and the golf audience is the most critical of all the sports audiences. Awesome. People don't go up out oh, and play football no. after watching the NFL. They don't go out and shoot hoops after a basketball game. Some do, but golfers, most of them, are hurrying to the golf course to, to try out their uh, their game. And they'll or, stop you in the airport too, won't they? Yeah, and tell yeah. you what they heard. Yeah, they said, "What were you talking about there?" <laughs> Come on. So now, golf was. Uh, was the most difficult of uh, all the all the sports that I've tried to broadcast. And I'm sure it was difficult because you're sitting next to Johnny, and Johnny never says what's on his mind. So, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. <laughs> He's like McEnroe. They, yeah. No filter, no filter at all. He sees it, and it goes right to his mouth and says it. And that's why I think probably in today's world the two uh, most treasured analysts we have in sport are McEnroe and Miller because they are so candid. Well, did you ever have producers say, uh, Dick, you need to scoot back closer to him? You're scooting away from him as he says these things that are a little outrageous, <laughs> trying to get out of the frame. You know, he's so good. Miller is so good that he literally could stay at home, put his feet up on uh, the ottoman, uh, have a monitor there, and they would just go to him on any shot. Between the sight of the shot being made and the sound, he, I mean, he, he's incredible. He'll say, oh, oh that's going to be short to the right. Uh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to hook to the left. I mean, he... He sees the game and understands, obviously understands it brilliantly, but uh, sees it better than anyone I've, I've uh, been able to observe. How does the preparation for a golf event compare to other big events you've done, whether it's a Super Bowl or a World Series? You know, they're really all the same. I, I think that the, just an average baseball game out of 162, it's a 7 o'clock game. I'm at the ballpark before 3 o'clock, and I'm doing three, four hours uh, uh, preparation before the first pitch is made, and the same with golf. The, the night before, you're getting your notes together. You have cards, personal notes on uh, those that might be uh, the top of the leaderboard. Uh, my, uh, I've made my living um, trying to personalize the athlete involved, the, that they're not just another number, that they give the audience a chance to care about the, the man they're cheering. I mean, well, a classic example would be Arnold Palmer. Now, who didn't love the king and who didn't root for the king? Maybe Nicholas, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they got together uh, nicely as well. And that um, uh, anything that you can do to, to uh, help your audience to appreciate the character and, and the strength of the man behind the shot, 
makes it, uh, I, I think, better viewing. Are you able, when you're there at an event, calling something that in hindsight we see as historical, whether it's Payne Stewart at Pinehurst, et cetera, are you able to recognize in that moment this is something historical that I'm witnessing? Well, you hope so. That's, that's really an interesting question here because at the time you're so involved in all the uh, mechanics of trying to uh, make your reportage equal to the, the moment and not over uh, writing it. I mean, sometimes the best work we do is when we don't talk. You know, the power of, the, of silence and just the, the sounds of the game, the, the reaction of the audience, a Lord Byron couldn't write it any better than that. So why force yourself over it? Let it play. Let it, you know, there's that call, open up, open it up, the producer will tell you. Let it, let it happen. And, uh, and then afterwards, you're, you're flying home and you say, wow, you know, that was, that's going to go down as one of the great moments. But at the time, you don't, I mean, you know, when Payne Stewart, you know, on that very emotional day and that cloudy, uh, drizzly day, and he's able to beat Mickelson there at 18, not knowing that you know, we wouldn't see Payne Stewart again, most of us. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a great moment because he's won this major. But would it be one that is as memorable or maybe more so than others? Uh, it, you know, history allows you to make that judgment. Do you see how kind our pro Mickelson crowd was here when you said that he lost to Mickelson? <laughs> oh, he, I have a feeling he's going to come back and win one or two. He wins some. I do, yeah. He's, he's an amazing, I mean, being around these athletes as much as you have and we're around them a little bit, the, the mentality of the athlete to be bulletproof. And I always hear from guys when they retire, they say, when I thought, when I didn't think I could succeed all the time, I was out. And you know, that's very much yeah. the, the philosophy, I think. It's, a, it's, it's the way I do my job, too, to yeah. be honest No, with I you. saw the swagger, the yeah. way you walked in here. <laughs> I was just trying to open it up and let it breathe, as you said. <laughs> so we know that you um, are doing baseball now in your retirement. Oh, by the way, Callaway's going to have a presence at Petco Park, a beautiful Petco Park. We're going to have Callaway uh, as part of It's a good thing. You said, with Dick Enberg behind the mic, we're going to be there. That was, our, that was the only, only caveat. As long as Dick's there, we'll be there. But um, we know that baseball is now your passion, and maybe the golf is something that's in your rearview mirror. But we wanted to give you the opportunity tonight, because you're, you're probably thinking we're in the golf business, right? Uh, I, I, that hint, that Are you guys out in front that? of the building gave it away, actually. I'm a marketing guy. We're in the dream-granting business. And so tonight, we thought, for maybe the last time. I don't want to say that because you may be doing game shows again. Who knows what you're going to be doing in your, in your next uh, stage of your semi-retirement. Um, but we're going to give you the opportunity to call for the last time, potentially, Phil Mickelson's three greatest, most iconic shots at Augusta. Oh, oh, right is, here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Making me nervous. Yeah. There's uh, one caveat here. We can't afford any of the rights to any of that stuff. So instead, we got our very own left-hander, Ethan Gannot, to reenact Terrific. The, the Phil Mickelson at Augusta, and we're going to do that tonight right here. Woo! So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you. He practiced hard on this. So we're going to throw it out to, I think we're at 13 here. And let's go to Dick, who's uh, standing by. Well, I got you know, I did, you know, you do your preparation. You have to have your notes. Now. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is going to be 2010 Masters, I believe, right? Yeah. No, this was yeah, 2010 Masters. Okay. Out at 13, this is Phil Mickelson oh, okay. and Bones. So Phil has birdie 12. 
now leads Westwood by two shots. Oh my, he's in trouble. Westwood played it safe, he's out of the rough. Is Phil going for it? If anyone can pull this off, it's him. But is this the wise move? Can he? Oh, that's barely three feet between those two big pines. This is the moment. Oh, can he do it? Nick Caldo calls that one of the greatest shots in Phil's career. Oh, <laughs> Noticed, I don't know, you, you've been to Augusta more than I have. I've never noticed like the work shed behind 13 there before. Had you? Yeah, uh, that is uh, interesting. But a, a nice recreation. That was good, yeah. Ethan did and a good no job. And no injuries there. were suffered. In that's that not lesson. as far as anyone in this room knows. Okay, let's, uh, we got a couple more. Let's okay, go next, out to uh, 15. And that uh, everybody will recognize this one. This is from this year, Dick. Oh, 2015, 2015 at 15. And we all know about 21-year-old Jordan Spieth. He's played brilliantly. It'll take a miracle now for the 44-year-old Phil Mickelson to catch him. But if anyone can do it, it's Phil. This is his game. Ooh. Oh, my. This is his game. <laughs> this is his game. Oh, Listen to the patron. Outstanding. Took a little while to get him cranked up. Doesn't look as green on TV as I'm used to seeing it either. It looks a little southern. It's not quite the season. Yes, and Phil Phil doesn't look as athletic as I'm used to seeing him either. You have one All more? Right. We have one more, right? Last one, yes. This is uh, and everybody will remember this one because you were you were there in '99 when you said, hey, we no one knew if Phil would actually win a major at that point. Exactly right. He had so many chances, was so close, but now we're in 2004, fans. So sit back. This is one of the great moments in golf history as we go to the 18th at Augusta. You miss this putt for Birdie, and it's a playoff with Ernie Els. Nicholson, winless in 46 consecutive majors. If he makes this, what kind of reaction will we get? We know he can't jump. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Lift off! Lift off for San Diego, Phil Nicholson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never noticed the power lines at Augusta National either out at 18. That's outstanding. The caddy looked familiar as well. Yeah, he did kind of double duty there, huh? Oh. Yeah, we can't afford to pay anybody twice here at Callaway. You know that. So, hey, and speaking of people that uh, we can't afford to pay, let's check out hashtag Chad with a little thing we like to call Chad's Tiny Studio. And I think you'll enjoy this one, this one, Dick. You can see how the young people, uh, quote unquote, work these days. Oh. So here's hashtag Chad with another episode of Chad's Tiny Studio. Oh, my. If you bet I'd open with a classic Dick Enberg reference, please collect your winnings from Harry after the show. I'm Hashtag Chad, and this is a new episode of Chad's Tiny Studio. Thanks to the two members of the studio audience for their thunderous applause. Thanks for coming, Mom and Dad. This past Friday was a massive day for us here at Callaway. Not only did the new office pup make a second official visit to the marketing department, but we also launched two new products nationwide the new PM Grind Wedge and the Bertha Mini 1.5. You might remember the PM Grind from such viral pieces of content like Phil Was Here or this radical and really cool 3D GIF we made. But don't even ask me how we did that. Seriously, I have no idea. Speaking about awesome things that golfers love, did you hear about our new Chrome Soft Golf Ball being the only ball to win five stars in performance, feel, and innovation in the Golf Digest hot list? We're being pretty humble about it. 
And by humble, I mean we're telling literally everyone. And if that's not enough reason to convince you, we've also listed seven other reasons you should try Chrome Soft listed on our website. And before I go, remember, tell every millennial and every wannabe millennial to follow Callaway Snaps on Snapchat. And until next time, if it's cool and it's on the internet, you'll find it right here at Chad's Tiny Studio. All right. That's probably on Snapchat somewhere. That's the one that all the kids are on. I'm not on that one either. But hey, we, we know that you're busy. I mean, 134 plus games. I'd like to know, how'd that conversation go down in the Enberg house when you said, honey, I'm getting out of the network biz. I'm going to start slowing her down. 134 games. Well, <laughs> well, and she, she agreed with me. She said, you've got to decide where, where you really want to spend the rest of the, your life. I mean, I know you like going to Wimbledon and, and doing uh, uh, football in the NFL and college basketball, but now, to be able to be the baseball announcer in your hometown, you know, that's the real selling point. I mean, there's this something special. You're not going all around the country and calling games in an unbiased way and trying to be fair. Now you're calling your team. You've got San Diego in front of, of your jersey, and you love the place where you live. This is a fantastic spot to reside, and now I can talk about our team, the Padres. And I hope, I hope I can last long enough, and maybe this will be the year that uh, I'll be in line with all the rest of the fans here and cheering a San Diego World Series champion. All right, we like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, don't, I know two things, and you're a little bit older than I am. Um, I, I read your, your bio, so I know how old you are. If I'm lucky enough to when my time is up and I'm heading up the escalator, hopefully it's up, um, I know Allison Krauss is going to be on the on the loudspeaker, and I know if there's a big game up there, you're going to be the one calling. Thank you. So we really appreciate. Enjoyed it, you it Jerry. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Nick. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So next week we're actually out on location. Can you believe that? They're kicking us out of the studio after the very first week. We're going to be at Top Golf in Dallas. We got a bunch of our tour players there. We'll be doing this show next week. Make sure you're there. Thanks for being here. And again, thanks to Dick Enberg and all of you watching. And we'll see you next time on Friday. Yeah.